Grandparents, if you have your grandchildren for one weekend, you equal the amount of time that a church-going child in America goes to church for a year. What do you say to that? Hi, everybody, and welcome to Legacy Grandparenting, the podcast of the Legacy Coalition. I'm Wayne Rice, Conference Director for the Legacy Coalition, and I'm joined here today by our founder and CEO, Larry Fowler, and also John Colomb, who serves as Director of Development for the Legacy Coalition. John, what's developing these days? I mean, you're the Director of Development. I mean, you, do you go like in a dark room and develop stuff or what? Yeah, except, you know, things got real negative and... Uh... When they went digital, I had to look for a job. <laughs> but no, it's a fancy title for uh, something that defies job description. It's basically <laughs> taking our message, which I'm passionate about, and making sure that pastors and people uh, understand who we are, what we're about, and realize it's for such a time as this, it's time to get moving. Uh, to get grandparents out there being intentional in not just their grandparenting, but in their testimony and, um, and then raising money so that we can do these kind of projects. <laughs> but yeah, I, the guys know, and they've cut me slack. I, I'm not, I'm not an executive and corporate. Uh, it's more by relationship. So if you got a lot of money you want to share with us, you give me a call and, and we'll move out from there. But no, we're very excited about seeing what God is developing out of all of this. It's, well, John, you, you also kind of served in a real pastoral role um, for the staff of the Legacy Coalition, which we appreciate very much. I love our staff. And, um, if you could know them individually and personally, you'd realize what a, I mean, we've got the cream of the crop. They're godly men and women. They're creative and skillful and full of integrity. I mean, it's a great group to work with. Larry, uh, that was you at the opening of our podcast, just a little soundbite there, speaking at the at the first session of the first ever National Conference on Grandparenting. Uh, we're going to listen to uh, more of that in a moment, but you know, I was listening to you speaking at the at that first conference, and I was you know you did a a great job as we're going to see, but I was just wondering, were you nervous? You know, when you took the stage for that first <laughs> oh first oh time? my I'm, yes oh my <laughs> yes. In fact, I would be a little embarrassed to tell you just how nervous I was, Wayne. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know that there are people that speak all the time publicly, and they're probably past the nervousness. But I'm, I'm not to that stage yet. And I felt the weight of the moment, you know, that this was the very first ever national conference on grandparenting, and we're kicking it off. And that was my job. So, yeah, I was I was really, really yeah, I think I remember nervous. watching you pace before we went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the only reason I, I, I asked that is I, I just know that so much, you know, so much planning, so much work went into getting ready for that first conference and then boom, it, it starts and uh, somebody's got to get up there and give that first talk. It was you. Uh, you did a great job. We're going to play actually a, an edited version of that. Um, we cut out a little bit 
primarily the part where you had you had several grandparents from the audience run a relay race during your talk <laughs> and i was i was a little worried i thought here's larry the the former children's ministry pastor getting a bunch of people up to to do this thing and uh, we can do that with kids and not worry but when you bring up grandparents you know uh, run the risk yeah. of a heart attack yeah. or something <laughs> Uh, you know what? I was a little worried about that too, and I didn't know how it'd go over. And what has resulted is yeah. that grandparents really get into that. Uh, we've included that now as part of our seminars that we do, the Grandparenting Matters Seminar. And it's just a great visual that we do uh, many times. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't you know usually run run them too too hard, so no worries there. But anyway, we cut out the relay race to save a little bit of time. We're going to listen to your talk, um, so let's do that. Let's listen now to Larry Fowler uh, kicking off the 2016 Legacy Grandparenting Summit. Here we go. Reason number one as to why we're doing this is because of what Scripture has to say. It was five or six years ago that I began to struggle uh, in a positive way with the phrase generation to generation. I, I think I spent a lot of time meditating about it and thinking about it. What does that mean? What, what does the phrase generation to generation mean? And it's found in Scripture, and then there are many kind of variations on the phrase, like this one right here in Psalm 145.4, where it says, one generation commands your works to another. I was fascinated by this concept of generation to generation. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And I began to wonder, what does it mean? What does it look like? How do you carry that out? How do you implement that, those types of thoughts? And then I found the, this verse in Joel 1.3, where it's really talking about a warning. But it said this. It says, tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation. And I began to realize that one of the themes in particular in the Old Testament is that of passing on our faith from one generation to another, to another, to another. There is to be this generation to generation patterned in our family lines. That is God's direction, God's design for our families. What reason number one, what Scripture has to say. Here's reason number two, the incredible potential of grandparents. Grandparents are uniquely positioned. They are second only to parents in the ability to influence children spiritually. Grandparents are second only to parents. All of you in this room, you have incredible potential to be able to disciple a young child, especially those that are called your grandchildren. Now, let me give you some numbers and some thoughts about that a little bit, because so often in church world, that's not the way the church looks at it. Uh, most churches get it. Most pastors get it. Most ministry leaders get it that parents are primarily responsible for the spiritual training of the kids, and that's absolutely right. That's biblical. It's what it tells us. But they don't ask the question, who's number two? What they do is they assume that children's workers in the church are number two. And that's where they put the resources. A lot of resources towards equipping parents, then lots of resources towards the children's ministry and what goes on there. But let me tell you, give you a picture of what happens in children's ministry. 
If you think that the Sunday school teacher is number two, here is what I have found as I've worked with churches across America. When I ask churches, not how many children do you have, but how often do they come, in most of the churches that I talk to, I find that the average child only attends church 1 to 1.8 times a month. What that equates to is that the average Sunday school teacher only has about 20 hours a year to influence a child. That amount is so small that for most of our grandchildren, if they fall into this category, they will get as much media in three days as they get of church in a whole year. Now, you tell me how that's significant influence. Grandparents, if you have your grandchildren for one weekend, you equal the amount of time that a church-going church child in America goes to church for a year. What do you say to that? Now, that's one look at it. One look at this idea of incredible potential. You are second only to parents. Here's another look at it. How about the national picture of the U.S.? Do you know, we think that there are a million, there are at least 30 million Christian grandparents in America. There are about 75 million in total. Uh, Just knowing the numbers, we think that probably 30 million of them would profess to be believers. The average age that a person becomes a grandparent is 47. Generally, grandparents are younger than they are perceived by others. The average age of a grandparent is 60. The average grandparent has four grandchildren. Now, I don't know if there's overlap, but, but what this tells me that we have an incredible potential army of disciples of the youngest generations in America. If we could get everybody to step up and become intentional Christian grandparents, we could affect 120 million children in the United States alone. Now, that's an incredible army. There is so much potential here to influence, and that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Reason number three is this one. There's an incredible receptive audience. Diane has had the privilege of getting emails from a lot of you. And as we've gotten emails and you were talking about coming to this conference, and then as we met outside You know, I've been involved in conferences really all of my adult life in different ways. I want to tell you that I don't think that we've ever gotten the kinds of messages with so much fervor and so much excitement and so much anticipation as the emails that have come from you. I know that there are many of you that are saying, I'm looking forward to this so much. I want to do it so very, very much. And you are receptive to this idea of equipping and envisioning and exciting grandparents about their role. Grandparents are an incredibly receptive audience. You know, one of the things my children's pastor friends have told me often is about the number of grandparents that bring their grandchildren to church. Some churches will tell us it's 10%. I've heard numbers as high as 25% of the children in the church are brought by grandparents. You know what happens to the attendance number, the attendance frequency when grandparents bring them? Much higher. 
When grandparents bring the kids, they're there virtually all the time. Now, why do grandparents bring grandkids to church? Why do they do that? Well, sometimes because they have custody. But many of the times is because grandparents simply care more than the parents do. Does that make sense? And what that means is we are receptive, we are ready, we want to influence our grandkids. Some of us want to be so involved in this because we didn't do too well as parents, and we're looking for a second shot at it with the grandkids. Some of us, our, grand, our, our children, the, the, the grandkids' parents aren't doing too well in guiding them spiritually, and we're panicky, we're scared, we're afraid that our grandkids are going to stray away from God, and we're afraid of what will happen to faith in our family line, and we want to do all we can. And all of those things make us a receptive audience. And I don't know about you, but another reason why is because, for me, I think a lot more about the end of life than I did 20 years ago. Do you do that? Do you think about, so, you know, how many more years do I have? And all of those things motivate me to want to make every minute count with my grandkids. Does that make sense? And I'm sure that you're right there with me, a receptive audience. Reason number four is this, because we can do better. I think there's four kinds of grandparents. I think, number one, there are many of you that are here today that are biblical grandparents. That's the title I give them. These are not from research. It's just my thoughts. But I think that some grandparents are the biblical grandparents. In other words, they get it. They know they're to be involved in passing on faith. And they try to do that. They get the vision of, of seeing faith passed down to future generations. And they become very intentional in what they do in the interaction with their grandkids. Then there's another group that are the cultural grandparents. They're, they're ones that haven't taken that step from being the Christian grandparent to being the intentional Christian grandparent. So they love their grandkids. They don't on them. They might help a whole lot. They might take care of them, uh, might babysit them a lot, might do, provide daycare. They're always there. They're going to all the games. They love their grandkids, very, very involved in their lives. But it has not occurred to them to really get involved in passing on faith to their grandkids. And then there's another group that, for sake of a better term, I just called the blocked grandparent. It's a grandparent that has this thing. Maybe it's a relationship or something. Maybe it's distance. In fact, distance is a word. It's either distant relationship or distance in terms of miles. But grandparents will say, well, Larry, I get what you're saying. But, and after the but is sometimes, but my adult children won't let me. My adult children have no interest in spiritual things. And there are millions, I believe, of Christian grandparents in America who are blocked in being effective in ministering to their grandkids because there's something in the way. It's usually relational. It usually has to do with attitudes or beliefs or perspectives. But there's something that's blocking the path. And as we go through this conference, I hope you'll get lots of help for that. And then there's the unequipped grandparents those that just don't know what to do. I've had grandparents tell me, you know, I never thought of putting a Bible story book on my coffee table for when the grandkids came over. They want to do it, but they're not aware of the tools. 
They don't know what's out there to use or what there is. And so we can do better. I'd love to see the, the three, the two, three, and four types become closer to the number one type. We can. We can help some of our friends in our churches, some of our, those in our Sunday school classes and small groups. We can help them move. If you become ambassadors of this concept and this vision to go back to your church and encourage them. Reason number five is this, because there's been an incredible ministry vacuum. As I began to struggle with this idea and think about it, grandparenting, intentional grandparenting, I tried to find a church that had an ongoing week after week or even month after month, ministry to grandparents. I Googled, and Google did not know of a single one. I, I tried every way. I would ask my children's pastor's friends. I know many children's pastors in mega churches all across the U.S. And I would ask them, so has your church ever done anything on grandparenting? And 100% of the answers came back in the first year. They had never done a thing. Now, there are thousands of churches in America that have seminars and programs and small group studies and all sorts of things for parents. But if parents are number one and grandparents are number two, it would make sense that there ought to be something for grandparents too. And there was nothing. No church is doing anything. I finally found one that was doing something on a consistent basis. And that was Fellowship Bible Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Fellowship Bible Church in Little Rock, Arkansas has some people here. Where are you? Fellowship Bible. Back in the back. You, you back row people? Yeah. So I want to say thanks to them. But I have a big dream, and my dream is that by a year, that there would be a thousand churches in America with a regular focus on grandparents. And I'm counting on this conference of being the starting point. This is not the end. This is a starting, a beginning to solve this. And we're asking all of you to become passionate advocates to go back to your churches and say, we need to give this relationship some attention. This is worthy of a, a small group study. It's worthy of a Sunday school class. It's worthy of a seminar. We'll begin to fill the vacuum. And then when I looked at resources, I could hardly find any. You don't, I don't know if I can express to you what it means to me to have 44 resource providers out there that have materials and ideas and training and counsel to help grandparents. Because when I looked for something, I could find almost nothing. Here's, in fact, what I found. I found when I looked for books, I could only find seven books that really defined the role of a Christian grandparent that had been written since the year 2000. For 30 million people, only seven books. And the seven books, only one of them was published by a publisher. The rest were all self-published. Why do you self-publish a book? Because a publisher doesn't think there's an audience for it. Shame on the publishers. Now, one book is Extreme Grandparenting by Tim Kimmel, who's speaking in the last session. You're going to love to hear what he has to say. It's an amazing book. He has an amazing video series that goes with it. And that was the only video series I could find when I looked. For 30 million people, 
one video series. I could find one organization. That was Cabins. Uh, we could only find a handful of local church conferences, and we found that little attention was given by churches and by ministries. I am so thankful for visionary parenting and home point and family life, and um, I'm going to miss some. I know family matters, and the family ministries that are out there that have said to me, my friends have said to me, Larry, I get what you're doing. I get it. Uh, you're right. Fam grandparents are worthy of some attention, and family ministries are here and beginning to equip grandparents. We are so thankful for that. Now, do you see the gap? Do you see the gap here between what ought to be and what is? On the one hand, in a few minutes, I've just tried to help you to see the, the left side, which is what ought to be. Grandparenting involvement in grandchildren's lives is a biblical concept. It's something that has incredible potential. We've already got a great relationship. We are eager. We know a little something. You know, we have a little wisdom in our stage of life. We are in a position of being incredible influencers, but that potential and that relationship is ignored and overlooked and under-resourced and mislabeled. And we want to change. Are you with me? I want to, it's our, it will start with us and it will start with the things that we have to do here at the conference. Now, I want to share with you in closing, I've, I've been practicing this, and as you get to know me, you'll know that I, I'm kind of an emotional guy, and uh, I hope I can get through what I prepared to share with you. But I want to end with my testimony in a way of a declaration. And if while I speak this and as I share it, God begins to speak to your heart, and you find that you agree with me. I want to ask you to stand to your feet as you listen. As a testimony that this is your commitment as well. So here we go. I am a grandparent. And this is my declaration. Yes, I am a grandparent, but I'm more than a grandparent. I'm a Christian grandparent. I believe in the Bible and the God of the Bible. I've received the grace of the gospel of the Christ of the Bible, and I desire to be a lifelong devoted disciple. I want my grandchildren to do the same. Yes, I am a Christian grandparent, but I am more than a Christian grandparent. I am an intentional Christian grandparent, and this is my declaration. I love my grandkids, so I will hold them when they're born, cuddle them when they're one, chase them when they're two, read to them when they're three, play with them when they're four, and laugh at their jokes when they're five. <laughs> I'll support them, exhort them, I'll cheer them, revere them, I will praise them, help raise them. I will be there for them. But that's not enough. As an intentional Christian grandparent, I will do more. I will pass on my faith, but my vision is beyond that. I will perpetuate my faith. 
therefore I will teach two generations, but I will not only teach two generations, I will think four generations. I will ponder what kind of grandfather must I be so that my grandson becomes one like me and his carries on the legacy. Yes, I am an intentional Christian grandparent. Culture says, retire and go play. I say, no thanks, I'll pray. Culture says, pursue affluence. I say, I'll pursue influence. Culture says, you're old, you did your time. I say, not so, I'm in my prime. <laughs> culture says, culture says, those young generations, you can't relate. I say, ain't true. My influence is great. I know my grandchildren need me, but from me, they need godly wisdom, my Christ-like example, my faith stories, my earnest prayers, my uninterrupted time, my unconditional love, and my God-authored blessing. Finally, what is intentional Christian grandparenting? Well, let me spell it out for you. I will guide grandkids with grace. I will respect parent roles. I will abound in my affection and nurture their nature. I will deal with the dilemma of distance. I will pray with passion and purpose. I will adjust my attitude in case I need to restore relationships. I will excel in my example. I will number my days. I will tell them my testimony. I will intentionally influence. I will never neglect the newest generation. And most importantly, I will give them the gospel because I am an intentional Christian grandparent. Are you? That was Larry Fowler from the uh, 2016 Legacy Grandparenting Summit kicking things off. Larry, you did a great job setting the table for the Summit Conference that year. As you listen to it now, uh, some five years later, is there uh, anything that you think needs updating, you know, that you said? Yes, and there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't, you know. Our, uh, our vision is the same. Our passion is the same. Uh, what has changed are some of the numbers. You know, I, th I think I said in that talk that, that uh, we could only find one church with a grandparenting ministry, and, and you both know now, there are, there are all over the U.S. and even starting in other countries. And we don't have an accurate count because not all of them tell, uh, tell us, but I know that the number is in the hundreds. There are hundreds of churches now that have grandparenting ministries going yeah. on. And so that's pretty cool. So that's, that's number one. Well, that's got to make you feel pretty good, don't you think? I mean, it makes me feel good. It, what we've been it does, to do. but, I, but I, don't, I don't want hundreds, Wayne. <laughs> I want hundreds of thousands. <laughs> so we're just we're just getting this thing off the ground still. So yeah, but it's yeah. it's a lot better than it was. What else? Anything it else is. that you can think of? Well, I, I think I mentioned that there was only one book <laughs> done by a publisher, and of course, a couple of years later, 
Uh, we signed a contract, didn't we, with Bethany House for a series of books, and you wrote one, and I wrote one, and and uh, you know, I think I went online and looked for the same thing recently, just on an Amazon search to find out how many books are now published by publishers, and I found thirty-two. Uh, there are probably a lot that I didn't find, but my that number has increased too. Publishers are beginning to take notice. And ministries are beginning to take notice of this huge potential audience of grandparents. Yeah. Well, that's a great trend, really is. Yeah, you know, Larry, you you closed your talk with this powerful rec- recitation. Actually, it was more of a declaration of intention that you wrote. I mean, how did that all come about? What inspired you to write that declaration? Well, I've I've liked that kind of approach for quite a long time. I'm kind of emotionally wired and I respond well to emotion. And I've learned that repetition that builds also builds emotion. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this or not. Have you ever seen the video, That's My King? by a black yeah. pastor. My goodness, that that <laughs> that is my hero. <laughs> that that's my model for that yeah. kind of thing to to just do that and you know as a non-rhythmic white guy <laughs> I I don't I don't have the same ability to be able to do it but I like this I like the approach. And I was I was really worried about how that yeah. would come off. Well, you also used uh, a lot of uh, graphics, a lot of uh, your yeah. PowerPoint to go along with it. And and what happens when you're doing something like that is there's there's always the possibility that the whole thing can just <laughs> go, you know, go sideways. You know, the, the the technology doesn't work, but it really worked great. I remember it was a very powerful mm-hmm. presentation. Uh, when you first did it, the troops were stirred when you finished. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Fact, I think it was a standing ovation. Yeah, yeah, but but like at the end, that last part of it, uh, you you were actually spelling out grandparent. There, the, it was kind of an acrostic. Uh, the, each letter stood for something. G R A. That was well done. Really amazing. Well, you know, and, and, and really as we've gone on from there, I'm thankful there's a lot of letters in grandparenting (laughs) because that gave us, that gave me the ability to put in a lot of points. And, and really there are quite a few aspects to being an intentional Christian grandparent. And, and, you know, so it, it enabled us to be able to put a lot of concepts into a short period of time yeah, and a short yeah. presentation. Well, I know that um, lots of people requested it, and uh, and you made it available to everybody immediately after the conference. But uh, we also asked uh, Timothy Botts, who's a well-known calligrapher, to uh, take that declaration and do it as an art print, which and he just did a beautiful job. He, he did. Uh, you know, I... I think that he's probably the most well-known legendary Christian calligrapher alive today. And he's also a grandfather. And so when we approached him with, <laughs> with the project, he was just all over it. And yeah, he did a great job and we have it available in canvas prints or art prints on our website. Yeah. So yeah, it's he's still- an amazing artist and just to, and to, to watch him is fascinating. And so he was with us uh, the second year and during your talk, and I think some of the other talks as well, he did 
artwork on stage during during uh, some of those messages. Uh, it is still available on the LegacyCoalition.com website. Uh, you can find it in the store under Grandparent Ministry Resources. You can order one for your uh, for your home, or you can order a whole bundle of them uh, for all the grandparents in your church, which is a pretty cool deal. So um, anyway, thanks, Larry. That was a great talk. I remember when you gave it, um, and after and the people were applauding and i mean i i had tears on running down my cheeks and i was thinking this is why i signed up for this this is this has really got me excited about being part of of the legacy coalition and what we're doing and um and and really the summit conference does that i think each year it just kind of lights of a fire under everybody. And so we're looking forward to another Legacy Grandparenting Summit uh, this coming October, uh, God willing. And everything is looking good for that. We're going to have more great speakers. People like Larry will be back. Uh, Kevin Harper, uh, Reggie Joyner, Kara Powell is going to be with us, Ken Davis, Valerie Bell, um, long list of speakers. Just go to our website at LegacyCoalition.com, and you'll see all the speakers. You'll see the schedule. We've got some great music from uh, Fernando Ortega, Scott Wesley Brown, and uh, the Isaacs. All the information is there on the website. And uh, if you'd like to hear more from uh, our first three Legacy Grandparenting Summits, you can also visit the Legacy Coalition website and look for the summit. Look for summit resources on the drop-down menu, and you can listen to some more of these uh, uh, talks. Some of the breakout sessions are there as well. Larry, anything else that uh, we need to cover here on our, our, this is our second Mm -hmm. podcast. Well, let's remind people that the next conference will not only be uh, in person in Birmingham, Alabama, but it will be live streamed to simulcast sites all across the U.S. And and uh, as we are talking here, we have more and more sites signing up all the time. So so check our website for that, for the locations. There may be a location in your backyard. You never know. And you won't have to travel at all to be able to, to uh, participate in the 2021 version of the Legacy That's Grandparenting great. Summit. Well, that wraps up uh, Legacy Grandparenting, the podcast of the Legacy Coalition. Until next time, this is Wayne Rice, Larry Fowler, John Cologne, saying so long and praying that you have a great week of intentional Christian grandparenting.